Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I'm honored to have Tori Box with me. Tori has an amazing story of going from enjoying a childhood activity such as jump roping to turning that into a career and becoming a world champion jump roper. I hope you enjoy her story and all the pivotal moments. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. Today I am featuring Tori Boggs. And let me tell you, I, I'm not going to make her jump rope today, but we're going to include some uh, links to her YouTube videos that will highlight this. But she is the jump rope world champion. I mean, she's been featured on Ellen, NBA halftime shows, the Macy's Day Parade, CNN. So she is great at her craft. And I'm excited to highlight how she's gotten that good. So Tori, thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Always can talk about jump rope. So, <laughs> yes. So let's rewind to many moons ago. So we're five years old and we see this thing called jump roping, which is not an uncommon age to be, I guess, getting the experience of seeing and trying jump roping. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I literally saw it and fell in love and that was it. Jump rope had my heart from day one. Um, and I was really terrible when I first started. I was a very uncoordinated kid, but I, I loved it. Something, I can't explain what it was about jump rope, but I just, I couldn't stop. And my mom saw how much I loved it. And being an amazing mother, she starts taking me to, to practices. Luckily we had a team where I grew up and yeah. she starts helping me, you know, after school, I wanted to keep jumping. and. She learned how to coach and ultimately become a judge, and she's very involved now in the sport, but it actually became the thing that we did together. So I've been yeah. able to share this amazing journey with my mom as well, which has been really cool. Absolutely. Now, it was interesting to me. So at seven, uh, you decided to enroll in your first competition. And yeah. if you knew how it played out now, you would guess that the outcome would have been a little bit different right off the bat. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess looking back now, it's like, man, I was really bad. But, but I think this was a pretty pivotal moment for me as a kid. You know, yeah. like I got dead last in my first jump rope competition. And I told my mom, you know, I never want to be last place again. And so, you know, really going on to the sacrifices that my mom made. Yeah. She understood that and she did everything that she could to help me also, you know, be what I wanted to be. And, and my parents in general have been very good about like, if you want something, you need to wake up early. We will yeah. support you. Like if you need to be driven somewhere or help with something, we'll make that happen. But like, you need to be the one putting in the effort in the gym, like making it happen, telling us what you need. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very thankful for that for sure. And so this was that moment, right? I didn't want to get lost again. And so my mom's like, okay, what do we need to do to make that change? And um, yeah, that was definitely a pivotal moment. <laughs> yeah. Now I thought it was interesting. I don't know if it's at this age, but you mentioned how uh, you and your mom would get up and would start doing jump rope workouts at like 5 a.m. Uh, so yeah. talk a little bit about that. And, you know, even days that maybe you didn't want to get up and do it. I mean, even when we love something, there's still those days where you're like, eh, I don't know, uh, getting up, doing yeah. it and getting better at your craft. Yeah. I mean, for sure, when it came to jump rope or anytime it's come to jump rope, even if I'm tired, I, it's never been so difficult that I couldn't do it because I always really wanted to jump. It's mainly the other supplemental things. Like I ran cross country and, and did these kind of things. So I would run before school. 
And um, my, like, it's 5 a.m., it's dark out, so my mom doesn't want me running outside by myself. So she is either running or biking with me, or on the really cold days, she's in her car, like, <laughs> behind me, like, while I'm, I'm on my run. Um, super amazing woman. And then as soon, if I ever need anything, she's right there. But um, those were the harder days, or, like, yes. getting in the pool for conditioning, um, because I knew that that specifically wasn't my passion, yeah. um, but it was there to supplement um, but yeah, anytime it's been jump rope, I ended up, you know, making friends with the cooks in junior high and they would let me in the school super early so I could go in the gym, you know, like this was always super cool. Um, and just, yeah, finding ways to basically make it work and, and be able to practice as much as possible. Wow. I love it. <laughs> now from seven finishing last in the competition to eight, yeah. We, we have a radical change of a year. So talk about what changed for you. I mean, how you got better and then kind of what, what happened when you were eight. Well, deep analysis. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, so like I said, like we really broke down what I needed to do and, and how the sport of jump rope really needs to be looked at. And this is a lot of thing. I, this is something that I think people tend to miss is that yes, jump rope is a sport you train it like anything else, you drill skills, you practice, you're in the gym, you find different technique points that make you go faster or do better. And that's exactly what I started doing was, you know, looking at what shoes I'm wearing even and how to jump, how to land on my foot better and just repeat like repetition over and over and over again. So I was practicing all the time doing, doing the same thing. So um, this really was a huge, like I dove into jump rope as much as possible. And tried every rope that existed, always changing the sizes, you know, like how my form is working and, and all, all of these types of things. That's what I was doing at this time. Yeah. So just to educate people, as I've learned your story, I've learned about the uh, sport of jump roping, but there are certain, uh, I guess, competitions that are time-based. There are certain competitions yeah. that are based on uh, sheer just number or volume and then there are certain competitions that are regardless of age uh, are you the fastest or the best at it so maybe give a little briefing of the world of jump roping yes it's so cool okay so there's really something for everyone in jump ropes we have that subjective we have that objective so um, I tend to say, okay, we have the events like track or swimming. So you can jump for 30 seconds as fast as you can, one minute, three minute, that type of thing. We yeah. do speed where you're alternating feet. And then judges actually only count the right foot because jumpers are going so quickly, you can't possibly get both. So that's <laughs> definitely an element. We do double unders. They're not as prominent as people might think in our sport, actually. And then we also do triple unders. So jumping the rope makes three revolutions. Yeah. This is a cool event because it's actually not timed. It's just as many as you can do until fatigue or exhaustion. So yeah. we have these like really a huge variety of elements. And then you can jump by yourself. You can jump two people, four people. Um, and then we get into kind of the more subjective events like freestyle, um, like kind of like gymnastics routine or figure skating, probably better yeah. related to figure skating. And this is also really cool because you have such a freedom of expression and everyone has their own style of how they jump and yeah. also how they combine skills together. So it's like, we're kind of taking words and making different stories, like sentences that form different stories. And we each kind of have our own way to do that and jump rope. And this is really cool. So we do that for a minute 15 we have on the floor yeah. and usually it's choreographed to music and it's 
doing the hardest tricks that you can do with the least mistakes possible with the best presentation that you can make happen. So those are kind of the element. And then there's loads of rules as far as like what tricks count more and why and the speed changes and yeah. all of that really complicated jump rope dorky geek stuff that I love. Um, and then this is another thing you can jump alone, you can do a pairs so you do the same thing in, in sync, you do that yeah. with two people or four. Yeah. And then there's double Dutch, which is um, usually three to five people depending on the competition or the event. And there's the same type of interesting rules that go into that. And that's also super fun. So there's like, there's something literally for everyone in the sport. It's really yes. cool. <laughs> well, and I wanted to preface that because at 13, you do something that you become the youngest person to ever do. I mean, that's a big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah. And this was, this was wild. So the sport has kind of evolved a lot since I've been in it, as far as how competitions work Yeah. and kind of in the old style, we would have um, us national trials to make team USA. And then that would usually be in like February or the spring. And then by the summer you're getting ready and going to the world tournament representing your country. Um, so that was kind of how it used to happen. And at this time they had it divided into kind of roughly 15 and under and then 16 and up. So you had the junior and then the senior, but there wasn't a specific, like you had to be this. It was just kind of a recommendation and people put juniors in and then they put their top people in the seniors. So I was at the US trials and um, I was going for junior. Like that was the category I was in was for junior. But how it works for this competition was um, they had one judging panel and everyone was kind of against everyone. Yeah. And so I, I came out first, like in the first seat for Team USA. And it was really like no one had ever heard of me really like abroad because uh, it was kind of a new thing to do this internationally. Um, and so they were like, well, we want you to represent us in the senior category. So I was like, are you guys sure? Like, this is a really big deal, you know, because these these jumpers are, you know, early 20s they're like the strongest women in the world doing this sport um and so I, I went for it and I showed up to the competition and no one knew who I was which I think was even better that I was just out of nowhere and then ended up winning and that was a really really cool moment so yeah that's a huge deal yeah now, <laughs> that ends up parlaying into you becoming the U.S. team captain at, yeah. at a young age and I mean just talk about the leadership that it takes to be a team captain and what that meant to you. Oh, geez. Yeah, definitely a huge honor. It was, I mean, it was already a huge honor to even be at that level when I was 13. And then how it worked at that time was that there was the world competition every two years. Yeah. And so again, you'd wait two years and um, there's kind of a, an interesting story I can talk about later with a world record that took me forever to get. Um, but as far as leadership goes, um, yeah, for sure. Definitely a huge honor to be able to represent my country and and all of the friends that I enjoy jumping with and and being able to to be there to support one another. And then, of course, all of the really fun things that come with being the captain, like organizing how we're being patriotic and how yeah. we're representing our country and just trying to get everyone as empowered as possible to to not only train for the competition, but enjoy that moment once you're on the floor, because it goes by so fast. And when you're so worried about like how much you've trained and, and prepared for this moment and those nerves kind of set in, there's ultimately this moment where you're like, you know what, 
I've trained so hard to be here. I need to enjoy this moment and just do the best that I can and what will be will be, you know. And so this is just a really, it's been really cool to be able to, to have this position in leadership. Now, I want to highlight that because that's a very profound uh, mindset to be able to have at that young of an age, right? Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I've prepped this hard for something. And you know what? At this point, I just got to put my best foot forward. So for you, was there any... Uh, nervousness that came from it or was it just hey I get the opportunity to perform like let's go oh no of course I'm nervous <laughs> the nerves are good they're yeah, really good really yeah. really good but I think what you learn in jump rope is tricks move so quickly yeah. and really anything ha can happen on the floor and and just any given day it could be a different result and you yeah. find that out through the hours spent in the gym and that's just how it is your timing is half you know half of a half of a half off and it can really like destroy everything and that's kind of the nature of the sport so yeah you have to balance for sure being the good amount of nervous not too much so that you're ruining your timing yes. but also that comes from hours in the gym of training muscle memory so that whatever happens that day whether you don't feel good or you know like your rope breaks coming out onto the floor, like, or even on the floor, this can happen, or uh, just a myriad of things that would happen on competition day, trying to prepare yourself enough to be able to adjust to that moment. Yeah. 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 That, that's great. <laughs> so as you were talking, you mentioned, hey, there's a lot of neat opportunities that come with, uh, you know, being captain of a US team. And then you, you had mentioned that uh, a trip to Kenya was a very important uh i guess trip for you so talk a little bit about why you were there and what why it stood out to you why it's been important yeah i went in 2012 yes 2012 and the irony is that i actually have worn for like 10 years now almost 10 years this bracelet on my wrist and it broke last week oh. like i was literally going on the floor for a show and i looked down and it was broken and i couldn't believe that after like almost a decade on my wrist yeah. but um yeah this this trip was amazing um we were there to help them host the East African Rope Skipping Championships with it was a huge step for the continent for the countries in Africa just getting kind of the federations developed and the teams developed and this yeah. type of thing. And there's a huge process involved in that and you know it comes down to like yes we need to have these processes in place the organizations going but ultimately it's about getting jump ropes in the hands of kids and just getting them going and in love with this amazing activity yeah. so we went there and these kids they just had such an incredible love for jump rope that they didn't want to stop jumping ever so like <laughs> something you as, understood <laughs> yes this was something we could all relate to which was amazing it was just this pure joy and passion so from the moment that we were allowed to jump rope like not like before breakfast just the sun came up and now we were allowed to like start jumping rope they started and they would not stop until we were forced to go to bed like the lights are now like on but like they can't they aren't allowed to stay on anymore like they have to put us away like that's exactly what we were doing every single day. And this was really incredible. Just the hunger that these children had for this sport. It was very refreshing because you don't always encounter that yeah. amount of passion for anything anywhere. Right. And so this was really, really cool time. And then we got to do shows with them and, and just, you know, all kind of grow together, get to know about the culture there and share so many different things and experiences. This was really just 
it's it's amazing to have this connection to people across the world, regardless of being able to speak the same language. And that's right. that's why Jump Rope is so special because we have our own language of skills and we can jump together without actually saying anything. We're just like, you know, like, okay, tone, yeah, this is okay, let's do it. And then you're able to jump with someone you really never met before. And this is really, really cool. Yes. I, I was going to say, it almost becomes a, an art form, right? It's not just oh, yeah. a, a sport. I mean, there's a whole, I'm learning this. I'm learning as I've learned your story. But there's a lot more to it than just jumping rope. Yep. Very true. Um, I love to hear that. Yes. Yeah. So for you, um, it, it's time to graduate from high school and to head on to college. And you decide, you know, Ohio State, this is the place I want to go. And as you're there, uh, the alumni council or somebody in it decides, hey, we kind of want to highlight your, your skill set here. And they record a video of you. And this leads to some uh, cool social interaction. So talk a little bit about that. Yes. You've super done your research. So um, first of all, one of the big deciding factors of going to Ohio State, um, I was fortunate enough to get um, a full ride academically, but the reason I was going for that was because they said, we will help you jump rope. Got and that was it. the that was the biggest thing was, yeah. you know, whatever schools I was looking at, I was, you know, going to play soccer or do this or that. But this school was like, we want to help you bring something new. Yeah. I was like, okay, I can't deny that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that's like my freshman year. That's when someone contacted me. They're like, hey, we hear that you have this skill and we would just want to make a video and see what happens. And then, of course, this video really randomly goes viral. And um, it led to the Ellen show, which was amazing. It was a very cool experience and opportunity. Um, and then, yeah, just from there, it was about, okay, how can we establish jump rope at a university setting? Yeah. Um, and so I had this amazing professor in chemistry, Dr. Sanagata, and she loved these, these ideas of, of me wanting to look at the physics of jump rope and, and what these movements are from a student perspective and then bringing those to, to kids and other students on campus. So she yeah. was like, you know what, we're going to make this happen. We can start a jump rope team. So we just kind of went for it. And um, yeah, it was pretty funny at first because I was literally just going into lecture halls and I would do, you know, very randomly to peers and then I would write my email on the board and then be like all right see you thank you professor like as everyone's walking at the beginning um so it was a little bit strange at first but started to kind of take action and people started emailing me like that was really cool we want to learn something new yeah. in college and this was also really different because we're used to peers our age having jumped rope forever and yeah, so we're yeah. used to, to being able to do that. So it's very cool. I thought it was super cool that these students who've never touched a jump rope were so willing to just try something new and kind of be vulnerable. But that's kind of what college is about, right? Is, is being able to dive into something new. So we ended up forming a team and slowly started doing uh, performances on campus. And those started growing and building. So we did for, you know, the football games, like basketball games, we were doing alumni events, all over campus yeah. events. It just got bigger and bigger. And this was really, really cool. And then we developed into a sport club ultimately. So we were able to now compete as Ohio State jump rope. Yeah. And then I had some friends who went to Stanford and UNC and they're like, we also want to build a jump rope team. So we all started collaborating on sharing what our experiences were and ultimately formed the National Collegiate Jump Rope Association. And now we're a nonprofit organization, but we have 
over 20 teams now across different colleges. And yeah, we have um, a summit every year. We have the National Collegiate Jump Rope Championships that we're hosting. Um, and it's actually about students taking charge. Yes. And versus having, you know, a coach or something like a parent that we're kind of used to growing up. It's actually about us running the teams, running the programs and making the events happen. And it's been an amazing experience. So that is so cool. I love it. Uh, one thing I'm noticing, Tori, is that if you're passionate about something, it's to the moon, right? We're not just going to kind of like try it. Oh, no, we're all in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so for sure. Now, 2017 is just an immaculate year. I'm sure there were, you know, downs in it, just like any person. But I mean, to be the Ohio State Outstanding Senior of the Year, and then to also set a couple world records, Talk about those records with, what is it, the the jumps in three minutes, and then yeah. is it the number of triple unders? Yeah, both are very different stories. <laughs> yeah, well, tell um, them both. I love it. Yeah, so more kind of a sentimental one, the three-minute speed. Yeah. When I first started competing at the age of seven, getting dead last, the first event I really started training after was three-minute speed. So my goal with that was that it's an objective event. So it didn't matter how old I was. Yeah. And that's that's a really nice thing about jump rope competitions actually is that you have age division championships at nationals, at worlds. But then if you're winning those or you're the top so many scores in the competition, the finals is just the best against the best, regardless of age. And this is so cool because that title is either grand nationals or grand world champion. Yeah, and yeah. then you know that you're truly like the best for that year or your performance was really the best. So this is really awesome about jump rope. And that was my goal was to, to conquer three minute speed as, as a young girl. So um, that became my event that I was training and I was building into national records and world records. Um, but my goal since I started jumping rope was to get 1,000 in yes. three minutes. It was just the ultimate, like, this is what I want. And at the time when I started, people were, they had just started getting 800 in, in three minutes, which is, and part of it is, you know, the jump rope technology of ropes yeah, and just yeah. understanding training. And um, so I was the first female to break the 900 barrier and then into the 950 and that type of thing. So 2017, trained so hard for this event. And um, I remember taking the floor and just feeling like I've done everything I possibly could. Yeah. So, you know, the only thing I can do is enjoy the moment and do the best that I can. And I don't know what happened, but during it was even amazing. I remember finishing, my mom was there with me on the floor as my coach and she just runs over and like embraces me. I got <laughs> 1,010 jumps. My brother was there at the competition. He like runs down from the stands and like, it was just this kind of very culminating moment of since I was a little girl, I, this was my goal. And to be able to achieve it almost felt in that moment, so simple. I'm like, yeah. how did it take me this long? <laughs> um, but yeah, that was for sure. One of the most special moments to be able to even share it with my mom. So so a thousand and ten jumps in three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't even know. I feel terrible for the person that had to do the counting that day. That, that's <laughs> that's tough. They're good. They're trained professionals. So, <laughs> so yeah. So something I want to ask about there, and then I I do want to talk about the uh, triple unders. But sure. so all right. So I think for a lot of people, they have this big goal, right, that they're constantly going for. And then you, you kind of said it, you said, man, I accomplished it. And it, it just seems so simple. 
And I think for a lot of folks, if the, the end goal is the only thing that we focus on, there's not as much satisfaction as you think you would have when you accomplish mm. it. And all of a sudden, now it's like, well, well, what's next? So for you, did you have a moment of what's next? Did you feel like, you know, I, I'm at peace with this? Talk a little bit about just the emotional side of accomplishing that goal and, and thoughts moving forward. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I feel I've, I've never really had that, that feeling in jump rope, like I'm done here. Yeah. Because there's always more to do. I mean, three minute speed, that was definitely a goal of mine. But there were times throughout my journey to get that number that, you know, you it, you lost that focus a bit because you you broke your leg or you couldn't jump this year or something happened and you were injured and you couldn't compete at nationals. And so you kind of are, are training each year, just trying to get better the best that you can. And it's not like every year up to that point, I was like 500, this is the year because yeah. like it was kind of, you know, like had to be a realistic goal that I could kind of bite off and, and chew and take. Um, and so accomplishing the 500 definitely didn't mean that I felt done, but yeah. it definitely felt like I, just this moment of everything kind of coming together. And I, I don't know how to describe it, but um, yeah, I, I never feel done in jump rope. There's always more to do because there's more people to reach. There's more things to achieve. You know, there's, there's more things that our sport needs to, to go towards. Um, so maybe accomplishing the 500, the thousand in three minutes was like a really nice personal goal. Yeah. But how I work is that I'm like, all right, that was awesome. Great job, Tori, but let's move on. Like, yes. what's the next thing that we're going to go to? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that really answered your question, but it that's does. kind of how I internalize everything. You betcha. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's a uh, pretty typical characteristic of high performers, right? Is mm -hmm. you, you say man, that, that was really cool, but what's next? And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on to the next thing. And so, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear you say that at all. <laughs> now on the triple under. So once again, yes. that's three revolutions in a jump and you did over 400. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My legs were a little tired. Um, so this, <laughs> it's sometimes hard for me to keep track of like when I did what, because of this crazy story. Um, the first time I was like, the, there was the world record before mine was 330 by another jumper. And the first time I went to try to break that, it was in England at Worlds in 2012. And I, for whatever reason, thought the record was 320, not 330, which really made a big difference. <laughs> and um, it was one of these competitions where it's about all around. So you have to be a little strategic in how you preserve yourself across events. Right. And so I was like, okay, I know I can get this world record. So let's get 330. So I, I, I get it securely, like 10 more is secure. And so I do 330 and I stop. And everyone is just like, why did you? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like, okay, we're good. And then my mom and I, like, we had 320, like everybody, we all thought it was 320. And then like the other people who knew, they're like, why would you just stop? So it's like, you have to be kidding me. So I tied the record. <laughs> really silly. Oh. But, like, I was like, then had to go on to my other events. So it's like, okay, out of mind onto the next thing mentally. Yeah. Two years, I had to wait to come back and try it again. So on the floor, I'm at 330 and I mess up, like I miss. And so once again, that was on 331. They subtract one with the mistake. I tied again. Like, wow. oh, you gotta be freaking kidding me. So much 
time and ever and, but I knew I could do it all yes. of these times like I knew it was in me it just like wasn't lining up for something yeah. so two more years we come back and let's see that was I think when I first like solidly broke it I was like you know what there's no playing around now like once and for all I'm gonna get this record because I should have had it four years ago like um so I, I got it then let's see that would have been 14 16 ish okay. 15 16 I think and then going into 17 I there was another competition a new world tournament and I was like now I want to break that 400 yeah. and so that's yeah. when I was like the 412 and then this year I can't talk about results yet because we don't have security but it was like a virtual tournament Got and it. my Got new goal is 500 and I can say that I was very close but I'm not done yet. So, wow. So very fun event for sure. I love how it's different from all the other jump rope events. It's just about, you know, as many as you can do, no time limit. You're just on the floor, like suffering with yourself. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that challenge so much. I love the whole mental game of it and the whole physical game because triple unders are really hard. They're really excruciating. And, um, I also love that CrossFitters know exactly what they are. And I think this is a really nice connection that our sport can have with kind of the public or other fitness communities, because people know how difficult triple unders are. So when they're hearing like any number above 400, it kind of blows their minds. And this is really cool connection. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to ask, not that I'd be able to go out and do 400 of these, but is it more leg fatigue, mental fatigue, or like mm. shoulder wrist fatigue when, when you're talking about doing 400 of these consecutive. A little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of all the above. It depends on the day, what's going first, but um, there's definitely a mix of your legs going, your arms going, your endurance going. Um, and then for sure, it's always mental, especially because um, I've gotten to a national tournament and I got 20 and I messed up. Yeah. After I had been training hundreds all year and that can have like you just miss and then you're done. And that's what's so special about this event is it's kind of like a, like you aren't sure who's going to take the, the award because in any speed event you mess up, but you can get back into it. Yeah. Like you still have the potential to be on the leaderboard, but triples you're done. Like <laughs> you're yeah. out, you're done <laughs> and that's it. And that's, that's really special. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So for you, your time at Ohio State is coming to an end and you've got this choice. Hey, do I go the med school route or I've got this unique, very different opportunity that presents itself? Do I pursue that? So talk a little bit about the decision making process and what you ended up doing. Oh, yeah, this was really hard for sure. Um, I since I was young and in school, I prepared to to go to medical school. I was always in the sciences like this was in my mind that. I was going to do this as my career. Throughout college, I I did biology and I also did industrial design because I thought it would be really cool to be able to supplement my career in medicine with this extra way to be able to to improve the medical world with with device design and, and this kind of thing. So everything I was really doing in my scholastic career was to prepare me for this. Um, and so I I had mentioned that I, I was performing every weekend throughout college and that yeah. ended up getting bigger and bigger. I started doing NBA half times, like doing these kind of bigger events. And it came to the point where I started having to turn down events because I'm like, well, I, I can't in the week. Like I have yeah. school, like, I can't go <laughs> for this month to do this because I got to study. <laughs> um, and 
I think I wanted to do them. Like I found myself like, oh man, that would be a really cool opportunity. Or, oh man, I won't ever get to, to do that again. Yeah. Um, and so at this moment, that's exactly what was kind of going through my mind was like, okay, I have a timeline, obviously, that I can like go into medical school. Like that's not going to be when I'm 60. <laughs> yeah. um, but this other one is a bit more time pressing. I have to do this now or else I'm never going to do it. Yeah, and yeah. that was really purely what the decision came down to, um, because both like I, I do love medicine. I love anatomy. I want to help people in that way. Um, so I would say that I I can say that I'm passionate about both paths. But for sure, that was kind of the ultimate deciding factor. Yeah, I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> being in performing, uh, you we were kind of chatting a little bit earlier about it, but uh, all of a sudden this pandemic thing happens and, yeah. uh, that prevents our, our ability to go out and perform in front of crowds. And so during that time frame, you, <laughs> you mentioned, well, I'm, I'm overseas. I'm, I'm not by my family, but I would send my parents videos of me jump roping yeah. to let them know that I still have high spirits. So talk about what happened there and what transcended from that. Yeah. So once again, stuck in Germany, luckily had a nice apartment that was stable. I had this really strange little patio outside, which I was also really lucky to have because a lot of people didn't even have the capability to do that. Um, and I had a suitcase, like one suitcase. So very limited clothes, but I had my jump rope and that was really it. Um, and so, yeah, communicating with mom and dad, um, I just started kind of making these really fun videos. And then I did uh, contests on Instagram. I wanted to win a pair of shoes and it was like the blinding lights one. Yeah. So I did a jump rope version and that got kind of shared and picked up a bit. Um, and so I was like, okay, people are kind of enjoying this. And also it's just a depressing time in general. So maybe this will make people laugh or smile or be like, what is this? What is she doing? Um, or even start something new in COVID because that was really what was starting to happen was people yeah. were trying new things. Um, and so it just kind of went from there. I started posting the videos, just having fun with them, sending them to mom and dad, <laughs> um, getting inspired by, you know, different people online and just kind of exploring something new because I never imagined being present on social media in any way. It was never a goal of mine. It just became really fun. Um, so yeah, that kind of took off and, you know, Instagram, TikTok have changed so much in the last year and a half, which is wild to think about what they were like in the beginning of 2020. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a really fun experience because I started getting messages from people that were just so positive. Um, yeah. Just like, oh, I had a bad day. I saw this video and it made me feel better. Or I've decided now I ordered a jump rope and I have a small space in my apartment. I'm going to try it. And then I was like, well, I can't stop now. Like there's, <laughs> there's people that are enjoying this and maybe we'll learn. And, and it just kind of just kept going. I couldn't stop it after getting messages like that. So yeah, yeah. that's so yeah. cool. So I, I have a couple pointed things I want to ask about. One is once again, we're going to include links to some of these videos. You do these split jumps and I, one, I can't do the splits, let alone get a uh, jump rope underneath me while doing that. So talk about like, how do you even begin the learning of that and incorporating that into uh, some activity? I mean, do you do it on like a trampoline? Um, no, I would say like, there are a lot of jump rope tricks to try especially when you start doing multiples where the yeah. rope is going two three four times those are really nice to start with the trampoline 
Um, the splits, how did I, I think start training that. I mean, you have to have decent splits. Like that's <laughs> one thing. Also abductor, adductor strength has to be pretty on point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I just start kind of mini, like you go squat position and then just a little bit at a time, like, yeah. and then doing more of a split, more of a split. I would say that is probably the best way to progress into it. Um, and then the rope is kind of secondary, you know, like if you have this down that you can go into a split and then pop up, that's the hardest part. Once yeah. you add the rope, it's just getting it under you. So yeah, those splits are pretty cool though, for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then just the ability to juggle the soccer ball while jumping rope as well. Yeah. Like once yeah, I can't, I can't really fathom it. I'm <laughs> not just skilled or coordinated enough, but I mean, I know you said you played soccer growing up a little bit. So, I mean, naturally let's pair these together, but it, I feel like that's a pretty difficult task. Yeah, not the easiest for sure. And it's funny because, um, so my brother, he was a professional soccer player. He played in the MLS and this kind of thing. So I grew up watching him juggle and he's quite a good juggler. So I am really nothing. Like I have no juggling skills compared to him. Um, and he, I would see him kind of do moves like this where he's jumping. I was like, oh, I want to put a rope under that. Like very obvious connection. Like you just said, yeah. Um, and then he helped me. He's like, okay, maybe you can try it like this. You'll be fine. And of course his advice is on point. <laughs> and uh, yeah, once you get each separately down, it's really not too bad, yeah. but yeah, a little bit of a mental head tongue twister kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, something that you've mentioned a few different times is just the support from your family, especially your mom, and just, you know, how she's kind of grown in the jump roping community as you were progressing in the jump roping community. You know, talk about the, I don't know, maybe the motivation that comes behind having someone believe in you and what you're capable of doing and wanting to help you become the best version of what, what you could be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my mom is a very intense woman. Yeah. I mean, she, she will do everything that she can to help my brother and I and my, my father succeed, which is just an amazing support system. I couldn't, you know, have lucked out better with, with having these great parents, but they also were really instilling in my brother and I that, you know, however you're going to spend your time, do the absolute best that you can with it, no matter mm -hmm. what you choose to do. Like, yeah. even yeah. if you're like, I played piano growing up and at first I didn't really take full advantage of that until I started kind of understanding this attitude as I got older, like, even if I have no plans to be a professional pianist, like yeah. I am spending this 30 minutes of time, like do the best that I can with it, get the most out of it that I can, even with something as minor as this yeah. moment. Um, and so this was, I think, one of the most important things that they possibly could have taught us because it goes into everything I do beyond jump rope. It goes into how I, I treat my career, how I treat my Instagram page, like yeah. how I pursue school, how I, you know, anything like this, it's just whatever you're going to spend your time at, like do the best that you can with it. Um, and so I think I'm really grateful for these amazing lessons. And so my mom, very intense woman, always there to be kind of that firsthand support. My dad is always working so hard to make us make things happen for us or, or us to be able to do things. But he's also one of the kindest and yeah. like just brightest men I ever know. So he's also been this amazing mentor. And then my brother is just the hardest worker in the world. And so I feel like whenever I'm doing something, I'm trying to take kind of these amazing pieces that each of them has, has shared. And I think I always fall short, but 
I do try really hard to kind of live up to, to these three amazing people. Absolutely. Well, my guess is that they're all very proud of you and all that you've been able to accomplish thus far. And so, Tori, I want to say thanks so much for being on today and sharing your story of just how you went from being five and seeing a jump rope to where you're at today. I mean, holding multiple records and winning uh, multiple titles. And so I can't wait. You and I will have to stay in contact, but do this again in like three or five years. Cool. <laughs> when the new record's like 1100 and 600 and uh, and talk about how we accomplished that. Very cool. I would love to. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Tori. Thanks, Phil. Thanks so much for tuning in to Tori's story. I love her story and just about the dedication it took. You know, she talked about getting up early in the morning and something that I found fascinating was She said, I didn't always love every activity that it took to be great at jump roping, but I really did enjoy jump roping and I always wanted to get up and do it. So find something you're passionate about and excel at it. Have a great rest of your day.